0: Uh, This podcast is brought to you by my company, DC Music, music publishing, music supervision, music education. Find out more at dannychampion.co.uk. Hello again, and welcome back to the Behind the Music Business podcast with me, Danny Champion, Uh, my little music industry podcast where I talk to a whole host of different people in and around the music industry about their jobs, about their careers, about their career trajectories, about their motivations, about why they like the music industry, what's going on in the music industry, and everything in between. Uh, This week's episode is another conversation with a Hertfordshire University alumni. This is my chat with Graham Jackson uh, of the Musicians Union. I went to university with Graham, so we've known each other for a good kind of 14 years. Uh, Now we've supported each other and helped each other out throughout our career so it was really good to just chat to him about his career in the music industry because it's ever so slightly different to some of the others from our year group. He didn't venture into the world of record labels and marketing or music publishing and synchronization or, or live and touring. He has predominantly focused on some of the governing bodies or the area of governing bodies in and around the music industry. He spent time at BASCA, uh, so which was the, uh, the British Academy of Songwriters, Composers and Authors uh, that's now known as the Ivers Academy. So the governing body that supports songwriters. And he now is one of the uh, team at the Musicians' Union the union that supports and helps all musicians in the UK. This was a chat recorded during or during hopefully during the end of lockdown in the UK in 2021, a time where the music industry has suffered a lot and where the musicians union has been a massive, massive help and support to a lot of musicians out there. So it was really good, really interesting to talk to him to find out a bit about his role, what the company's doing and also about his journey through the music industry in a slightly different area of the business for um, a lot of us who went to university together. Um, He also has um, spent time actually in music education. He actually went back to Our old university and became the course leader there. So it was really interesting to get a bit of insight into that side of things as well. Um, But yeah, this is really fun, really nice to have a conversation with Graham. Uh, So I hope you enjoy it as well. This is my conversation uh, with Graham Jackson of the Musicians Union. musician's union during a pandemic and brexit how's all that been
1: yes <laughs> yes um so do you want to start about from when i started at the musician's union or yeah go for it to? did you well, well, do you want you you to do you want to start with that do you want to start with that or
0: do you want to i i'm gonna get the, the I, I'm, I'm gonna get the rubbish stuff out the way and then we can start having a nice pleasant conversation once we've once we've talked about brexit and we've talked about a pandemic and then okay. we can talk about all lovely stuff at the end rather you know bad okay. news first good news second
1: okay no worries at all so um <laughs> so yes i started uh working for the musicians union last year full time i'd uh, previously been at musicians union on two temporary roles before mm. but i became i uh, well actually three because last year i started on a temporary role and, and again i just got a full-time role whilst I was in that temporary role. Right. So I um, became, uh, yeah, got a permanent role as a London regional officer, one of two London regional officers at the Musicians' Union mm-hmm. uh, last year. Um, and, yeah, it's a, it, was a, it was a funny old time to get a uh, permanent role because, um, not at the union, I mean just anywhere, I mean, because, you know, there are people where people are, have been and st- still are, uh, really struggling, and um we uh, see that um and yeah, and in this role, I see that you know um was this know, talking to musicians that are really really um having a rough time of it and in,
0: in, in this role um trying to help them as well was was this a role that came about because so what when was it exactly that you started full time good question um
1: so I started. <laughs> I was trying to think about that and yeah. I couldn't remember the exact answer So, because I started on a temporary post at the start of January, uh, just helping out in the membership department of the Musicians Union. Mm-hmm. I'd previously been in the London office as a temporary uh, London regional officer um, a couple of years before that, three years before that and uh, three, no, two years before that, three years before now. And, um, and before that, a couple of years before that even, I'd been in the recording and broadcasting department. Doing, helping out in that that department, but um yeah, as I say, so I was on a temporary post in January, and at some point, p- possibly around April, I uh, went permanent in the in the London office for the as London regional officer as one do of the you, London. You Re- do so.
0: you have any idea? Is there always two of those positions, or was this something that was potentially expanded because of what was going on? No,
1: they, no. There's always
0: there's always yeah, two. yeah. So that it was always. A progression it wasn't like you were there on a temporary basis it come January and then suddenly kind of March last year happened and then there was much more of a call for something and then you kind of got brought in full-time in no. April because it kind of weirdly fits together in that way
1: no it was the other way around I was I was put into post before okay. everything kicked off that's the reason why I'm struggling for dates wise and trying to remember what order things happened in.
0: But yes, I don't think time dates really matter for the past. <laughs> Eighteen months, so so yeah. So I mean, look, how is it? How is it during these sorts of times when you are you know, mo- most of your music business work has been working with kind of members of an organisation of that sort? Whether it was what was Basker and. What is now the Ivers Academy and now Musicians Union. So you've got you've got previous in that sort of area, um, mm. but you don't necessarily have previous of an area of such turmoil. I guess. Um, so you know, how's it really? Yeah. You know what what has it really been like from your perspective during the last eighteen months? So
1: yeah, so I went. I, I started the role. When, when I was made permanent I actually started the role uh, on a part-time basis so that's actually this I'm trying to think about it I remember it all now it was only a year ago but I struggle to remember I started on a so I actually got the job started on a part-time basis and um with the intention it would go full-time within a few weeks and it did but by the t- I'd started part-time before everything kicked off covid wise yeah and I'd it all kicked off then it all kicked off go wise and then i started actually full-time whilst working from home so i started working from home yeah does that make sense mm-hmm. yeah so the um so in that sense what happened was um the inquiries that when i got the post the inquiries i was getting initially um well we were getting as an office initially were the sort of standard um Copyright contracts and employment queries, um, and then suddenly it was, you know, ninety percent, if not more, COVID inquiries were related to COVID. Um, if you can think of, think about it like this, you know, if you were think about all the musicians that were in the London region who were booked to play a gig, and then suddenly they didn't know if that gig was going to happen. Yeah, that that's what that's just one thing that created a huge
0: number of inquiries. And so it it's I guess it doesn't completely change the role. It just you just start having to answer the same question again and again and again and again and again and again and again. And again.
1: Yeah, and that went on for a while. And you, you so so what um, so what hasn't what we haven't had so much of is um, is so one of the things that we do in this role is or in the London team is um, unpaid fees. So you know, if a if a member is, has been booked for a gig and they've not been paid, then it's been um, chasing down unpaid fees for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and with with no gigs, there are no unpaid fees to chase. You know, or <laughs> very few. So that side of the job isn't going to happening. But of course, then um, other sides are continuing. So or or did eventually start to continue. So there are music is being recorded. There are people who are being are still. Signing management agreements and, and record deals, so we are still advising on those kind of scenarios. Um, there's still sync placements are still happening, um, so there is stuff to be to advise on still. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, for a while it was majority COVID-related, um,
0: and yeah. We've spoken about this obviously, going back a few years. But um, when you got this job, I remember you saying it's kind of this is the p- this is the job that you wanted. This is kind of the the place that you wanted to be. So yes. so talk to me a bit about that. You know, it's you've you've mentioned a few things that the Musicians Union does. Um, yeah. What does it do? Um, where does it do it? You're a regional officer. How are the regions all all kind of? Separated out, and why why is this the dream place for you to be? So um, yeah, we have regional offices.
1: So if you're a member of the Musicians' Union, we've got uh, thirty thousand members, over thirty thousand members, and um, uh, there, all those members are allocated to regions. Dep- yeah, and um, so I'm based in the London region, and um, uh, so we so when a member has an inquiry uh their first um uh, place to call is normally their regional office mm-hmm. um we have um uh, departments as well so we have a recording and broadcasting department we have a live department we have an education department um i'm now trying to make sure i don't forget any departments but we have uh <laughs> de- every area of the industry seeking to represent every area of the industry yeah. um and uh just to make sure that yeah that we're advising members um in every way we possibly can mm-hmm. um and uh why was this my dream job yeah yeah good question so i'm i'm personally um a huge uh believer in the the trade union movement um so there there's that element of it um well there is that element of it it's a massive part of it um and um through my time at the industry I've seen the role that the MU undertakes within the music industry and therefore just a huge believer in what it does really and yeah you're you're right, you're right. Uh, perhaps I wouldn't have admitted it on a podcast if you hadn't said it but I have been sort of uh, knocking on this door for quite a long time uh, of well, trying no, to I mean, work look, up you, the musicians union you've already yeah. said yourself
0: <laughs> no but as this, like, you've already said yourself so we'll, we'll, we'll touch on it a bit later but you know you you you've been in music education, not dissimilarly to me. You've been freelance, not dissimilarly to me, and you've also taken on short term contracts. And you went. You've already said this that you've you had short term contracts at the MU multiple times. And yeah. the role that you had previously to that was not a million miles away from a company such as. The musicians union or rather you know a union such as the the musicians union in in basca so there's 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 something in there that drew you that, that kind of draws you you to it that it's something that you're passionate about obviously um you know we've we went to university together and out of all of us yeah you, you don't necessarily you haven't necessarily come to the music industry from the background of I was in loads of bands growing up no. and things no, like that right. so it's it's kind of you you know everybody comes to this industry from a slightly different angle and whereas certain people gravitate towards live music certain people gravitate towards record industry sync, et cetera et cetera you seem to have gravitated towards this area, the area of, you know, governing bodies, unions to, you know, in support of helping creators, creatives, musicians and things like that. So there's, there's got to be something in there.
1: Yeah, no, you're right. You're, you're not wrong. Um, although it's fair to say that when I originally got the role with Basker, um, that wasn't necessarily because I wanted specifically to work for Basker. <laughs> um, we, we were on a course, uh, as you say, at the University of Hertfordshire. Yep. And someone came in from Basker to do a talk. The The person who, who was the uh, CEO of the organization at the time. And I just went up to him afterwards and said, give me a job. <laughs> um, and, he, and he yeah, well, not quite. I mean, he gave me um, an internship. And yeah it, it, it went from there so it it was opportunity more than anything else uh, that got got me the role at, at Basca yeah. um, and yeah so and I, I actually I, you know I feel like a lot of stuff a lot of places where I've ended up in uh, working I've, I've been very lucky with the places I've been able to work and I've, I've learned loads and I've, I've I've had a really you know I've, I'm lucky to have a career in the music industry Um the career that in, in that sense, that was what I set out for. I set out for a career in the music industry mm-hmm. and I've had a career in the music industry. But the places where I've worked, quite often, they haven't been the plan. You know, for example, um, when I was leaving uh, Basker, I, t- I had a meeting with, um, uh, in my role at Basker, before I'd left, I had a meeting with Andy Ellis, um, who was who, who, at PRS. And we were having a meeting because it's, that was our job. We had we had meetings about stuff, yeah. and um, just coincidentally, I said in that meeting, "Oh, I'm leaving, by the way." And he said, "What are you going to do?" And I said, "I'm going to do you know project based stuff." And he said, "Have you thought about uh, working in education?" And I said, "No." <laughs> and that was it. I didn't say no, but I'm interested. I just said no. <laughs> I haven't thought about it. And um, he said in a, in a really really nicely, and but didn't have to say this at all. He said. Well, I'm going to introduce you to some uh, some guys at uh, what was at the time called Tech Music School, mm-hmm. which is now BIM London. He, I said I'm going to introduce you to some guys over there, um, and that's what he did. And then I ended up doing a uh, originally a, a module for a year at uh, BIM London, and then it um, and then yeah, later down the line, I became course leader. So you know that's so yeah, so it be... So yeah, those those particular roles which and I was and I really I really did enjoy my time at BIM. I really enjoyed my time at Basker. Um we should probably start calling I,
0: them the Ivers Academy, shouldn't we?
1: Well, I didn't I didn't work for them whether they the Ivers Academy. <laughs> I s so I can't really talk about you know, I really yeah, talk so it. much about what they do now because that they you need to get them on. <laughs> um the um let's talk about how they are now. Yeah. But um yeah, so uh, you know, I so I yeah, so I um I yeah, didn't choose those I mean I did choose those roles, but I didn't yeah, they were they were they were that was opportunity that came to me. Whereas with the um, with the MU, um, yeah, I I applied for, for the role, as it were. And
0: what is it about the MU that you like? You've already said that you're you're a, you're a an avid believer of, of unions and things like that, but is there something particular?
1: yeah do you know what i think one of the things to be said about when you're in this role is that um or actually the perception of the music industry i suppose overall is perhaps from the outside is people looking at ed sheeran and saying that a musician is ed sheeran so a musician is someone who has a massive um uh, support network gets paid loads of money um um and and that's ha- what that's what happens to musicians but it, yeah. it isn't that's not the re- i mean it is that there are the Ed Sheerans of this world and the alike um but um but that's not the you know that's not your average musician your yeah. average musician is in a portfolio career uh earns earns a living through music but probably does multiple different things um quite often it's um, um well, quite often they say there is no quite often. That's kind of the point. They'll make it for different ways. So for example, you might have a performer who performs in the evenings and teaches during the day, for example. Um that you know, that so that kind of um that sort of, you know, there is there is no average standard way to make money from music. And therefore, what a union does in that sense, as it does for any industry, but in this industry, is it can um it can make sure that there's, that musicians can work together to make sure that they have got some some bargaining power.
0: We've already touched on it a little bit. Why music? Why the music industry? When did you realise that you wanted to work in the music industry?
1: okay good question so <laughs> i um
0: i'll
1: go further back than that oh blind all right just a little bit i won't I, i'm not too long i it's just to say that i i wasn't good at not good i mean good i wasn't good at school but meaning not i mean it wasn't badly behaved i mean as in i wasn't i don't like the term but i wasn't academic in that yeah, sense you know yeah. I, I i just didn't um I didn't for whatever reason I didn't do do that well at school. Uh Um, I really had a passion for both music and drama, but um, and and that's not to say I got good grades in it. I just enjoyed those subjects. Yeah. Um. I mean, yeah. And uh, I then did music tech at A level, and because I was a little bit again, it's not it's not you know you you know, I remember pressure. I remember feeling like there was some sort of pressure, but at the same time I never felt like I was making a decision about what the next step was. And it's, it's so young to think about that anyway yeah. at that age. But, but I remember thinking, oh, I'll do music tech cause that's, you know, I'm into music. So I'll do music tech A-level. And then, um, I was finishing, um, school and it was like, Oh, okay. Well, and I went to do, uh, a HND, at, uh, in music production at Leeds College of Music because I'd done an A-level in music tech. It was like, well, OK, that's cool um, and did a couple years there. And yeah. And then so that's so I had. So again, in terms of getting a career in music, the first thing I did was actually was I did all this, I did some studying. So I got up to the H&D in Music Production, finished that. I didn't really know what I was going to do next. Um, I did some work in different studios. Um and sort, sort of tried to find myself a career in, in that aspect of things. And, and I'm not saying... I, I, I jokingly say now I know nothing about music production and it's probably, probably fair to say that after all these years perhaps I don't know anything about music production. But at the time, I don't think I was that bad, actually. I think the problem was there was just a lot of people who were a lot better than me and it was a really competitive place already because studios were closing down. Yeah, And... um uh, it was a competitive place already in that respect. So, yeah. I, and then I don't, yeah. Then, then I went to University of Hertfordshire, the, the, you know, it was, it was where I lived and I did the, the music management course that you and I did. And that was a, that was a real, if I hadn't have done that, I don't know if I'd work in the music industry now. Right. Because again, I don't, I don't think I was chasing, maybe I was already thinking about a career in the music industry, but I didn't really know what that was. Um, I had, you know, I had, I spent, I spent almost twelve months sort of trying to sort of work in studios, doing different things, but really it was then when I when I went to to the University of Hertfordshire, started studying music management, started to get a real sense of what the music industry was overall, um, and then as I said, I, I, then I I really started to um, to learn about it, and when they brought the the, the course leaders brought guests in just talking to the guests as well, just trying to start building that that network as well. And say, um,
0: you've ever since I've known you, you've been a very um, outgoing person when it comes to the networking side of the music industry. As, it, as in, I don't want to say it comes easy, or rather I don't want to assume that it comes easy to you, but it it comes across from an outsider that you are comfortable with that side of, the business something that actually i am the exact opposite i i am very uncomfortable with that side of, of the business i've had to fight against my natural instinct of not talking to anyone ever <laughs> um whereas you have always come across as someone who is like more than up for talking to everyone in a good way obviously
1: <laughs> but i think yeah i'm not sure I, I think you're probably right i probably i mean you know or at least it used to be the case that I did just want to talk to everybody and just, and, and I was happily, happily talk to everybody. Um, uh, yeah, I'm probably not quite as, not quite as, uh, inclined to, uh, if I get into a room, a music industry event now to make sure I talk to everybody in the room, which was kind of what I used to set out to do. I, I'm not, I'm less than quite, well, probably I wouldn't do that now. But, um, is that, that's what that
0: to... is that something that you think has changed? over the last 10 years of being in the music industry of like, maybe you feel like you don't need to talk to everybody in the room. Whereas when you first started, you're like, well, I'm at, I'm at the bottom of this ladder. So I need to start climbing it.
1: Yeah. I've never, I've not thought about not needing to, but more, but the other side of that, you're right. I totally, I think that whole idea that it was, it was, it was my sense was, and I I do think this is true. But my sense was, I have to meet as many people as possible if I want to make make a go of this. If I want to, if I want to succeed, mm-hmm. um, I, uh, and I, I still, you know, I still, I still would pass that advice on to people who want to make make their way in the music industry. I do think it's a balance of both. You know, people say, oh, you know, it's not what you know, it's who you know, and I think it's both. Oh, gotcha. I really do. I, I think you can't. I think you can. You, you can. Um, go around talking a lot without knowing anything, but that doesn't really get you very far either. There <laughs> so are I few think few it- people
0: that I have met along the way and the majority of them were when I was in a publishing company or in a supervisor role and the majority of them were managers who had been doing it for a long time, had a very, very big book of names but when I sat down with them and talked to them I just I I, you could tell that you are an affable chatty person who can open doors but then kind of lets other people do the nitty-gritty so you're not necessarily that clued in and I don't think that kind of person would get as far starting out now I think if mm. you started back in the 80s and through the 90s and were still going, which is what a lot of these people were, I think, mm. wow, you are, you are very much a people person, but you don't really know a lot about the thing that you're asking me about and talking to me about at the moment. Whereas I think nowadays what you said, that idea of knowing lots of people, but also needing to know what you're talking about is, is very, very important.
1: Yeah, I'd say I, I think it's a balance. I think I think you can you can know a lot, but get overlooked if you don't if you don't network, if you don't meet people, if, pe- if you're not on people's radar. But I think and also also if you if you're out there talking a lot, but n- not talking about you know, people think you don't know what you're talking about. That's also not a good thing as well.
0: Um, looking back on it, having having worked in music education, having run the course that you did, because that's the other thing I wanted to talk about.
1: Mm.
0: What do you think? Do you think it was good? Do you think it put you on the path? You've already mentioned that um, put you on the right path, rather. You've already said that if you hadn't done that, you don't think you would have found your way. Yeah. In. Yeah, I, don't, I mean, again, way. I don't know. I don't know, to be honest.
1: Um, I don't know how w- w- I say I don't, I don't think I would have found my way. I, I can look back and say that it did help me find my way. I don't know what would happen if I hadn't done the course. Um, it, the truth is that, yeah, doing the course at the University of Hertfordshire in music management was the, um, was my opportunity to, um, to learn about the industry overall and to, yeah, to start, um, building my network, you know, and, and, um, uh, I hope you don't mind me saying this Danny I you know I think that we we connected at that on that course and we're still uh, friends to this day um, and and there's there's a handful of us that are from that course that are still friends and and still I you know <laughs> I, don't, I wouldn't normally define our friendship like this but in some ways it it's it's part of my closest network in the music industry as well mm-hmm. you know and so um you know so that I think that's an important part of of or can be an important part of going to university yes you learn about um you learn so if you're doing a music industry course yes you learn about the music industry but also those people that are studying on the course with you are are probably going to be the the first parts of your network and probably the people who are going to help you out as you go through the industry as well
0: yeah yeah I think it's probably expanding that from beyond beyond kind of going to university just just generally those the people that you meet along the way are are always gonna be really, really important. Um, you know, especially someone like myself who's been in London and then moved away from it as well. I'm I'm finding that it's really you know, it's really important to keep up with those people who at one time it was very easy to just hang out with and now it's mm. not so easy to hang out with. And obviously we've we've all gone through that a little bit over the past year or so when we've all been in our little tiny boxes on zoom um, rather than rather than down the pub with loads and loads of people what was what was it like going back to hearts as course leader
1: it, yeah it was a, it was a huge privilege i mean i wasn't there that long that th- as you know um because of because the opportunity came yep. up at, at emu so um so, for that reason, I wasn't at UH that long, but um, no, it was a huge privilege to go back and be the course leader of the course that I did. Um, was it weird? And yeah, I saw that I saw this was it was it weird? Yeah, do you say um, was it weird I don't know because I was it would be <laughs> because I'd already been a course leader for the yeah. la, for the previous what four years, five years at at, at at BIM. So in that sense, I knew the job. Um, it would have been weird if the stu- perhaps it would have been weird if the students had cared in the slightest that I'd previously done the course. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I was gonna say because perhaps you gotta go, hey yeah. man, I was you once, and they go, Sorry, yeah, I don't care. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Old they don't person. care.
1: They don't care, and and in a good way, they don't care because they 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 treat you as your as their their tutor as their course leader. And um, they—that's—that's that's what they—that's what they care about, and that's good actually for me because it meant I—I I was thoroughly. My role was course leader; it wasn't as a former uh, student of the course. Um, so yeah, it was—it was good. It was—it was good to do it. It was, and yeah, I saw in those students the If I—if I remember rightly. The same things I saw in us when we were students, which was um, students oh, yeah. that wanted to make it in the music industry. They were, they were, you know, hey, look, going to university is not, not just about getting your career path. It's about finding about yourself. You saw, you see mm-hmm. students uh, learning about themselves, learning how to learn, um, and yeah, learning about the career that they want to get into. So it's, um, yeah, you do, you see a lot of development um, in students. And yeah, I, so the, the development that's uh, that I reflect on that I had at university, I see in students at university. When I went back as course leader, I saw there as well.
0: What are your thoughts on higher education? Higher education level music education from being in it at a couple of places so the music tech uh, school that was then bought out by uh, BIM and also at University of Hertfordshire so you you've you know don't obviously feel like you need to mention names but your you know the grand scheme of of music education music business education um, what are your thoughts on it?
1: I, I think the nature of studying a any degree course is that you are not everyone who does that course is going to end up in the industry that that course is about. And therefore, it's really important that the course doesn't just teach about the industry. It teaches, um, it gives a student skills that they can use in other industries or it gives them um, the, uh, academic abilities that they can take on to study elsewhere, for example, or go and study a masters, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, the courses that I've, um, been involved with, um, I believe have done that. And, uh, the, I think you've got to give students the opportunity. I mean, you know, these are, again, I talked about myself, you know, not knowing what I was going to do after I finished school, still a lot of students, um, finish school and they come and do those degree courses we talked about they've got to have the opportunity to sort of say oh well actually perhaps this isn't what I wanted to do or if it, and 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 if they don't finish this the course and they, they you know uh, for that reason then that's the decision that they've got to make decisions right for them it's about actually helping helping um these students do the right thing for them actually and also the situation where um uh, getting to the end of it and saying actually I want to do something else I've seen I've you know I, I think I'm, I've, I've, I'm I'm really one thing I still get is I still get former students write to me and say oh Graham I'm going to go and study a master's will you do a reference for me yeah um and and that master's may be in relation to something to do with music but it might have nothing to do with music but I'm really pleased that they've gone on to do it and that's what they want to do mm-hmm. um and but equally I'm I'm equally Impressed and and uh, um, you know by the people who who studied the course and have done really well in the music industry uh, the courses that I've been involved with, and I don't I don't seek to take any credit for that. They are they, those those people. They they made the most of the course. They did the they did all the learning. They did all the networking we talked about, mm-hmm. and they've done really well in the industry. So no, I'm I'm really it's really great to see those people do well as well. But yeah, I think. In that sense, your question, you know, what do I see the role of these courses? Are? I think the role of the course, yes, it is as a gateway into the industry. Um, but I think also you've got to see it as an opportunity for pe- young people of that age to develop and just have, get life skills from it as well.
0: You did a master's, didn't you? I did do a master's. so what what I was did... the, What was the, the, the thought processes behind jumping back into after doing a music business course? working in the music business and then jumping back in to do another music business course of a higher level. What was the, what was the reasons behind that?
1: Before I did the masters, I did the postgraduate certificate in learning and teaching. Um, So I did a sort of teaching qualification and I, so despite me saying before that I wasn't any good at school, (laughs) by the time I came to do the degree at University of Hertfordshire, I really enjoyed that. I really enjoyed focusing on an area that I was really interested in. And it was the first time that I got an A in anything.
0: Yeah, and that's the key though, <laughs> isn't it? When I was doing my own postgraduate certificate in higher education, I I waded my way through some of that. Not because because I didn't necessarily have the level of interest in the subject matter as I did at university where I would eat books um, on those sorts of topics and I still do you know and and I think you you mentioned it already that idea that that interest really drives the studying side of things that if someone's saying hey you know that industry that you're really in that you're interested in you know that the idea of music go and learn more about that yes please give me a book about blockchain I don't understand it I'll have to read it eight 87 times but I will eat. I will do that. But then if Mm. you say, right, go and read this book on, I don't know, town planning. uh, No, no, it's not. It's not. It's not my bag. So Mm. I think that that's, that's a really important thing when it comes to learning. So is that the reason why you, you kind of thought, no, I want to, I want to dig a little bit deeper into, into my industry um, on my terms, or was there something else driving you?
1: Well, as I say, I did so. I did. I did start enjoying study at when I was at university, um, doing my degree. Um, I didn't go. I didn't study for quite a few years. But then, when I went to, when I started working at BIM, they did encourage us to do um, some sort of teaching qualification. So I did the PG Cert in Learning and Teaching, and that was delivered at BIM. And I was I, I studied it along with my fellow tutors at BIM, and that was really really felt like a really positive environment. For learning for doing further study um and when I got to the end of that it was two years part-time and I got to the end of that and um I the, there was then an encouragement um which is good I, I think it's good that, that that it's encouraging training for staff there was then an encouragement to do some form of masters um it, the as so but then I didn't I didn't feel that I wanted to do the masters in education okay um because now why is this now I think I might I think the reason is probably that I wouldn't have been doing it at BIM I'd have had to go somewhere else right and I wouldn't have been studying alongside my fellow tutors at BIM and I think I'd say that and that's just one reason I think also yeah I'm not sure yeah I'm not sure I had the interest to do it there so I was like well if I want to do a masters what do I want to do a masters in I'm going to do it and I'm going to do it in the thing that I I, would, as I say that is my interest area, which is in the music industry. Yeah. So I did my masters, and I and I got the qualification at the end of it. I got How a master much crossover? Taking-
0: crossover was there? Did you uh, did you find that you were you were a few laps ahead of of some of the other people because of the active experience in it, or did you find that actually it was testing you in ways that you weren't expecting?
1: everyone who did the course I think came with different levels of experience yes I did come with quite a bit of experience already um, and I was able to bring that into the study um, I set out to get the most from that two years of doing a master's I decided I was gonna you know um, just yeah say to try and engage with as much of the reading that was put there as stuff and it was and yeah it was that was good to do I think it I think it gave me uh, it gave me the, yeah, gave me the opportunity. It gave me an excuse to, you know, you said about reading the music industry books, you know, and we do find interest, but sometimes it's actually finding the time that becomes the problem. And therefore doing the masters became an excuse as well to to, to... to, to read those books and to to think critically about everything that's out there about the music industry. Um, And hey, um, will I one day do a PhD? Maybe I don't know.
0: Cheeky, Doctor Jackson <laughs> has a nice ring to it. I think when when you did your masters, you were in a position, kind of in a similar position as as I'm in, in that yes you were in music education but you you weren't full-time in it and not an enormous amount of people are full-time in education education is a a piece of the portfolio it's a page in the booklet that is what you do for a living um in much the same way as you mentioned about uh musicians for the MU and it's about okay what what is what are the services that i'm i'm trying to provide how can i how can i add value to that and i think you mentioned that you know you thought that a master's in education wasn't as necessary because of the portfolio that you were building um and that a masters in the music business was adding the value to the place that you wanted needed you know insert um insert word that is necessary there to that side of the portfolio how did you find that side of things you know you you had or still have a company swarm music Uh, oh yes and you were working with various People at any given time, you know, you've you've been in the freelance world. How did you how did you find it? Did you find it hard? Not for you. Maybe you'll go back at some point, but at the moment, you're quite happy in a in a role that keeps you more than busy. So I
1: swarm music. You know, me trading a swarm music was only just happened out of necessity. You know, I, I was I'd gone freelance. I was getting I was getting paid as a sole trader. So therefore I needed to operate in some way <laughs> and I decided to, set, you know, swarm music, the idea of the many music projects of Graham Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> nice. um, the, yeah, exactly. So, um, <laughs> it was just something that, um, that I had going on and and it was just the way to yeah, a, <laughs> pay my taxes. And, um, and you're right. No, that, so that I, I've got that experience of, of being a freelancer of, um, working all kinds of hours. Um, And yeah, that's the reality of a, of a musician's career more often than not as well. Um, would I go back to being a freelancer? Um, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, it's not, I've I've done it and I, I, you know, I I didn't, didn't not enjoy it, but, um, to be honest, my, um, I, you know, (laughs) I can't imagine not being in my role at the MU right now because it's, um, it's, a great role i you know and, and and i get a lot from it and um and hopefully i'm able to help musicians
0: one of the things that i'm seeing a lot is even those people in you know your nine to five salaried positions in the music industry they've got other projects they're doing other things whether it's a phd whether it's They've got their own management company, or they've got their own record label, on the side of the day job that is being a promoter, or working in publishing, or or whatever, or doing something completely separate. I.e., you know, there's a few people I know that are that do kind of well-being support. There's a few people that do uh, like personal training things like that so even though you don't necessarily have a portfolio career anymore or at the moment doesn't mean that you can't you know you've still got a brand you've still got a product there kind of go yeah I'm really digging the, the MU stuff but actually I'd quite like to dip my stel- my toes back, in- back into the world of insert insert Mm. what you were what you were most thrilled about doing from from swarm music's perspective i guess
1: yeah i i don't know i don't (laughs) know i get convinced. i haven't
0: convinced you yet
1: no i i think (laughs) as i say i think it probably just has come down to i'm I'm just not i'm not chasing that next step right now i'm not chasing that next move um and um yeah i think that's it i think that's all i can say on that really
0: we talked a bit about the mu at the beginning i wanted to finish up talking a bit about the mu again um yeah. what's what's the future for the mu you you've just said that you're not thinking about your future but you know where are things going for the musicians union as we start to come out of lockdown things like yeah. that is there a uh, you know is there a drive for more members to join up is there are there Certain interesting things coming out, you know, happening in the pipeline over the next six to twelve months. Give me the give yeah. me the lowdown on the MU.
1: Yeah. So the um, so in terms of um, people being able to join the MU, so we've got a join for a pound scheme, which means that the first six months of membership is one pound, and then you pay the regular um, rate after that um the we've also recently launched um, a disabled members scheme so that comes at a reduced rate um, so um, to uh, just make sure you know uh, access the membership um <clears throat> and the there's also um, we've got I mean I'm not involved on the campaigns, uh, side of things but the, we have obviously there's quite a lot of, there's loads of campaigns going on but there's there's um, you mentioned about um, the situation around COVID so there's been the fixed streaming campaign um, where there's been um, a select so so talking about the Ivers Academy. I said Mm -hmm. I wasn't going to talk about them, didn't I? Because I said I couldn't speak for them. But actually, it is true to say that the Musicians Union and the Ivers Academy have campaigned together about fixed streaming. And and that did result in a a select committee um, looking at the situation. And then now it's a case of waiting to see um, what the outcome of that is and see if government will take action to fix streaming. Because relate why that relates to COVID is because as we've seen through throughout this time there's been musicians that are really struggling really really struggling many stories of that of musicians um not being able to make a living whilst at the same time we've seen record labels um announcing you know record profits so um there's clearly um clearly something's broken and therefore, fixed streaming is about trying to, trying to address that.
0: How much, how much influence are you guys having on like, potentially things changing, you know, contracts changing between musicians and record labels and, and things like that? Because that's probably the area that needs the most uh, massaging with, with, with this particular topic.
1: So, so um, I think, as I say, I'm not involved with the campaigns side of things so much, but, um, but right now, I think that what, um, uh, as you said, there is an element of what the music industry would have to sort of change for itself um, to fix this, uh, to fix streaming. And there's an element of what um, government can do to fix streaming. And there's a question over whether if um, the removal of, uh, just um, uh, three words, I think, um, from the Copyright Act would change the ability to right. um, to uh, to make uh, equitable remuneration. So, um, so that's so that's that, and, and, and what impact that would have on to fix streaming. So, so that so there is yeah there, there there I say yes, music industry can do stuff, but also the government can do something. Yeah, um, but we're I say we're waiting to see what will happen. Um, well, I, well, I am. As I say, I'm not involved in campaigning. I'm sure this campaign's still ongoing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the uh, the other thing, obviously, how have we not really mentioned it, um, is uh, is Brexit. On the MU website, we've got a, a flowchart that musicians can use to see, depending where they're going in the world, to see what they need. Um, cool. But the reality is that it's just, it, as you say, it's 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 a mess. If you wanna if you wanna um, go and uh, perform, if you're a musician, you want to perform in the EU. Um, not knowing uh, what you need um, is, is re- it's really complicated right now. So um, currently, the um, MU is uh, is you know is, is campaigning that we you know we need a, a visa waiver and bilateral work permit agreements so that musicians um, can yeah can work in the MU. It's work in the EU. Sorry.
0: Mm-hmm. Fingers crossed.
1: So those are the campaigns. So I'm not involved with those. I mean, I do, I do, I do um, have, I do have to advise members mm-hmm. about how um, streaming revenue works, or just how music industry re- revenues work overall. And I do have to members do get in touch about, um, uh, you know, about asking questions about um, traveling, uh, touring, and, and working in Europe. Um, uh, but um, say so, but actually on the campaign side, that's not what I'm actively involved in, in my role.
0: So obviously, all musicians should be signing up, or all UK musicians should be signing up to the MU. So, how do they do it?
1: Yeah, you can do it on the website. So I mean, we've talked about the campaigning that the MU does. Um, we've talked about the legal advice and assistance a bit. We talked about a bit about it actually, not completely but about the legal advice and assistance that you can get. So if you need, so if you've been offered a contract and you haven't got a lawyer, for example, you know, which, again, most musicians don't have, um, you can, um, if you're a member of the a- MU, you can have your contract looked over, a music industry contract, look, contract looked over by uh, the, co- through the contract advisory service, looked over by a solicitor, um, as long as it's eligible. And um, yeah, and I say, we, we advise on uh, disputes over copyright and contracts as well. Um, we... we uh, all- also, a lot of people join, um, uh, one aspect of, of benefit of membership is the insurance. So the insurance you get for um, equipment, for um, uh, public liability and professional yeah. indemnity. So there's the, those insurances as well that we know people join for as well. When I was a so, member,
0: that was, that was the reason because it was at a time, it was in the 90s when you could put on your own shows in private venues. And so we used to put on shows in like local village halls and things like that. And so had to make sure that we were we were musician unioned up so we had all the insurances just in case some silly person jumped off the stage and wasn't caught by anybody.
1: Yeah, there you go. You've, yeah. you've done my job for me there, Danny. In, uh, in, in
0: <laughs> Well, that's in not saying a thing why you anymore, though, is it? Because you can't put on private shows in that way quite as easily as as you could do back in the day so wouldn't like don't a lot of don't a lot of that doesn't a lot of that stuff come from like your relationships with the venues that you put you're putting your show on if someone
1: gets injured at your show you can still find yourself quite quickly (laughs) um potentially being sued yeah so um so yeah so the insurance is, is is yeah is still required and again the professional indemnity one is the equivalent for is the situation for music teachers in terms of, um, you know, if you're, uh, yeah, if you find a student brings a claim against yeah, you, yeah. for example. So there's, um, so it's, so those are those those insurances are, are, as you say, it's one of the reasons why uh, musicians join.
0: Mate, thank you for chatting to me about all this stuff.
1: Thank you for inviting me to talk to you, Danny. It means I've, a lot. I've enjoyed
0: it. it. Means a lot that everybody comes on and talks openly about their their experience in the music business thanks for having me massive thanks to jacko there for chatting to me Um, If you're interested in getting in touch with the Musicians Union, if you are not a member yet and think you should or if you want to take up their offer for uh, join for a pound or anything like that, um, please do go to musiciansunion.org.uk and check out what they're doing. Find out all the various ways that they can support you. Um, if you would like to reach out to me here at the show, please do reach out via Twitter at Danny Champion, Instagram, at d uh, Dan M Champion via email at behindthebusinesspod at gmail.com or go to my website which is dannychampion.co.uk see what I do from a consultancy perspective see what I do from a sync perspective and from a publishing perspective anything like that looks interesting to you or you think I, sh- I could be able to support you or help you in what you are doing creatively or in your business endeavours please do hit me up um thanks once again for graham for chatting to me um and i will speak to you all again very very soon